Yeah, adults can come up with great ideas by taking the same approach that a child takes to yeah. being creative. Hi, this is the Bring a Brick podcast, interviewing professionals from around the world who use improvisation in their work and in their life. I'm your host, John Cooper. Okay, my guest on this episode of the show is Dominic Wilcox. Dominic is an artist and inventor. It's a bit of a that's I don't want to I don't want to put Dominic in a box. I don't want to put you in a box, Dominic, because I'll, I'll, I'll refer to your own website, uh, which which says in your bio you work between the worlds of art, design, craft, and technology to create innovative and thought provoking objects. Is that an accurate description? Well, that's your description. Uh, I, I keep changing it. I probably wrote that about five years ago. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of, it's, yeah, I suppose there's nothing wrong with those words. <laughs> okay. That way, so. Okay. So, yeah. you, 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 I mean, I've seen a lot of, you, some of your stuff's fascinating. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll mention at this point that we both, we both went to the same university. I went off in one direction and you've kind of, you, you've, I mean, what, I think you've lived, lived the dream effectively of what, some of us aspired to back then and that you are now a professional working artist and some of the stuff you've done has has you've, you've had stuff exhibited in galleries um mm. and some of your stuff is really thought-provoking stuff like the uh the, the the wizard of oz shoes the shoes which are the, the red shoes that dorothy would wear in wizard of oz but they've got a gps in the heel which is yeah. alluding to the click three times and it'll take you where you need to go. Uh, it's it's really it's fascinating stuff that you work. I'm not going to try and explain it. I would just like you to try and. Can you just elaborate more on the work that you do? Yeah, well, it is a difficult one. So it's. I mean, I, I, I went through the design education. So, you know, we were on the Sunderland Art and Design Foundation course after school. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I was, I felt I was okay. I, was, I quite enjoyed painting at A level art. I got a B. Um, I mean, the story is my dad wanted, thought maybe I should go to Nissan, the local car manufacturer, and I thought, but I, I quite like painting. So I wanted to go on this art and design foundation course, which was just like the next step to do. Um, but I didn't really know what art was or design. Mm -hmm. I thought graphic, I thought maybe I should be a graphic designer because that's like, uh, a paint an artist but you get paid a weekly wage you know it's like that was my limited knowledge on this subject and then on that course was charlie holmes who we both know yes and um he was the great inspiration for me and i know he was uh, inspiring yes, he was, to you also yes he was yeah he was, he was in the fact guy. you should yes. get him on this podcast <laughs> i should i should get him on the podcast i recall that the first time we met um, well, the first time I met Charlie was on the foundation course, and and it's kind of this this podcast is a little bit tangential from from the ones that I've put on thus far, but but I stand by it for for, for the reasons of the creativity and the ideas generation, and the, 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 there is very much a level of being in the moment to this. In that, I remember that first workshop with the first time that they're not the first workshop. I remember the first challenge that charlie gave us as a project was to create a heath robinson device and that was as much as he said he said nothing more nothing less mm. and it was like you had to work out what that was find out who the person was what they what, what and literally do all of the all of the work yourself there was no more information 
available other than that and I think it had to be it had to last for a minute whatever the process was and I ended up making this big thing out of cardboard with marbles and it didn't look amazing it looked really cheap and really crappy but it did the job and mm. I remember it just scared a lot of people off in terms of because they were asking the questions and I think he was he was trying to deprogram people what are, what are your early memories yeah I, yeah I remember that a little bit I've got a terrible memory but my memory uh, is that he sort of opened my mind to the idea that creativity can be expressed through ideas yes. and not just visual imagery mm. you know paint, the the painting or the sculpture of shapes yeah. you know um figurative work that you could think of ideas so he took us to his exhibition he was a contemporary art he's a contemporary artist yes he is i remember he, he, we took one show a group show and he was in he had photographs of him and it was just his face and he had uh, bacon and eggs or bre breakfast on his face um just in photo photographs and because that, that that was quite um shocking in a way, yeah. to a young person out of school who's been painting pretty pictures of still lives, yeah. just Ali Holmes with breakfast on his face. But he really opened up my mind, certainly, to this idea of um, imagination, expressing imagination visually. Yes. Um, you know, I, I'm quite a shy person. Was very sh I felt that way mm -hmm. and still do in a way. But this really gave me an outlet for what, I suppose, was in my mind. Um, and I think that is the wonderful thing about visual communication, um, that the shy and quiet people can express their imagination. Yes, you can, um, you, can, you can be somewhat of an introvert and still have your statement made, so to speak. You can, and, and improvisation would not... You know, people who go on stage, you, know, you, you talk to friends and they say, oh, God, I would never do that, mm -hmm. never do that in a million years. But improvisation isn't just about going on stage. It can be used in all sorts of areas. Um, even when you're on your own, you can improvise. Yes. You can improvise by making things with your hands or drawing things, taking risks, doing, using materials that you wouldn't normally use, having a sort of a guess that something might work if I join this onto that, and just going with the flow as opposed to designing it perfectly on a sheet of paper and then moving on to the next stage anyway i'm, I'm, I'm going off on one i, I tend to go no, off no you, you're fine I, I in all of these interviews i've digressed massively because what you <clears throat> what you're kind of di describing there um i mean one of the most fundamental things in in improv is yes and 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 i think you're effectively <clears throat> saying yes you can sit in a room and i and i look at a lot of your work and I encourage people to go on your website and look at your work. There's a lot of yes and in your work where you've asked the question, mm -hmm. what if this and what if that and what if the other, and connected two or three seemingly unrelated things into new, a new cohesive idea where, you know, I when I look at your work and I see things for the first time, it's like, ah, it seems to be a reaction that I get quite a lot from looking at your stuff because there's mm -hmm. an internal logic there where mm -hmm. it's like, um, if you think about it, because Charlie's work is funny as well, the, 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 and there's just, there's some of the stuff that you do is funny. It's not funny ha-ha, it's not funny silly. Um, I remember a previous conversation we had where it's like you were very queen not to be seen as, for want of a better word, Caractacus Potts. 
You you know you are you are a serious artist and inventor, and you don't you you do not want to be seen as as this you know potential guy who you know has a flying car in his garage. Mm, it's not really. I don't. It, you can't control what the way you're seen. It's not like um you know that's quite a vain thing to do. I think, but um no, I think it's just like everybody. You know, you, you yourself work in comedy. Oh, people must say. You know, people will say. God, I must be a laugh a minute doing that. No, and, it's not. And actually, it, the, the funnier it is, the harder it was to achieve. I don't know. That can happen, you know. The, the, the more the more fun uh, the, the object that I've designed, the more difficult it was to to get there. Yeah. It, the, it, it was a grind to get to that point, you know. Um, yeah, it, 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 the, the, there's a hard work inside, but... But I think the improvisation, and that's why I try to bring it into me, into my work, is it it stops me doing that too much. Yeah. You know, you, 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 there's just many different ways of of, get, of finding creativity. There's many different paths and routes. Mm-hmm. You can go straight at it. You can try to go straight at it, or you can go off on a path to the to the left in a completely different direction to where you wanting to get to mm-hmm. which would be which then leads you on to another path and another path and that sort of improvising but you've got to be confident to be able to do that um and many people don't have that confidence to take the risk of going off at a tangent yeah and not knowing what is ahead of you in terms of what it is you're about to do so to speak yeah i think so i mean i i, I think i mentioned i actually signed up for and did a course, three courses in improvised comedy. I mean, I hate to use that word, com- improvised comedy, because it's just improvising. Yes. Um, as you know, if you're trying to be funny in improvising, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't become funny. No, um, no I think the, I think the term is you let it come to you or something like that. Yeah, you yeah. Let it, you let but, it arrive. Yeah, because I'd done a project earlier in 2010. That I called speed creating, where I I'd hit a bit of a mental block. Oh, I'd been doing a lot of um, drawings of inventions, but and I had a blog called Variations on Normal, and yeah. but I had stopped making stuff, and I and I'd sort of hit some sort of creative block. So I wanted to push myself to find ideas, and so I put myself under pressure a little bit. And I guess that's another thing of you know improvised comedy getting on the stage you, that pressure kicks, mm-hmm. tends to kick you to stop pro- progress to not procrastinate yes to get yes. in touch with your instincts and not your head necessarily directly yeah that's, that's the two working together i guess but you're more of an expert on that than I am. <laughs> um, yeah no that, that that is it I, your speed creating was that uh i i seem to recall seeing a video on the internet which was man versus 3d printer that, that is another thing. Yeah, that was another thing. So the, so the first one is speed creating, which was a challenge to create a creative thing yeah. uh, for every day, one a day for 30 days in a row, and photograph it and video it and put it on my blog. Yeah. So I, I started on that process, and <clears throat> each day more and more people would view what I did, and then you get more followers and so the pressure of expectation builds up. So I was waking up in a cold sweat in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, thinking, what am I going to do today? That's, that's 
clever or surprising or whatever and um and that sort of time limit you know it, it yeah it made it forced me to make decisions and i think procrastination is the is when we 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 have the option or we do put off decisions yes and that's one of the nice things about improvising and doing it on the spot and maybe having a time limit is that it does force you to make decisions and god it's such a relief when you when you you, you can do that mm-hmm. and and so i created this speed creating project just to to create that situation i set up the structure and of course by announcing it publicly that i was going to show each one each day that put the pressure on mm-hmm. that i once i start i have to finish it but i mean i lost weight doing that oh, wow. you know i was i was coming up with ideas at the end that were all related to food because mm-hmm. i hadn't I hadn't I hadn't had any time to sit down and have a proper meal I'd, I'd just be like picking at food or forgetting to go out and buy it because i had to go to the shops to try and find some materials for, you know so Crikey, anyway, that so sounds that, a bit extreme yeah, that was, it was. People would say, why are you putting yourself through that? But there was a number, there was a couple of things that came out of it. There was quite a few good ideas, I thought. If you if you go on uh, variationsonnormal.com and there's a speed creating link, it'll show all of the thumbnails of all of the days and the things I did. There's a number of good things came out, but one of them was um, I was in a shop and I thought, I wonder what would happen if you balanced an object on the hands of a watch, would the watch still work? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, I bought a little bit of clay. I'm not bought it, I just got a little bit of clay. And I got a, sec- a £3 watch and I smashed the front and I stuck that clay on top of the second hand and it's and it kept on going round. Okay. And so I thought, I'm going to keep that idea. This is a good idea. We've got potential. I'm going to do this... Um, Later, so I kept it, and about seven months later, I created this series of watch sculptures, where I had, for example, a tiny, a tiny little chair was on the minute hand, mm-hmm. and a, a man in the sitting position was on the second hand, and he would go around, and every minute, he, you know, his bum would be over the chair, it would look mm-hmm. like he's sitting down. Wow. Um, oh, there was a li- there was a businessman with his a- his arms folded mm-hmm. on the minute hand. And another businessman with his hand out in the handshake position, and he would go past it, but he would never. It was the unrequited handshake. So it was that. So that is an example of just like pushing yourself into improvisation, and um, and it leading some. You know, it really kickstarting something that led to something that I thought that I was very happy about, cool. and that wouldn't have happened without doing that. Right. Okay. That's that's because I was going to kind of ask you about you know do you have a do you have a creative process that you do or it sounds like you try to switch it up quite a lot in terms of how you create stuff. Do you look for the constantly looking for different ways to ignite your ideas brain? Yeah. Yeah. It really depends. Sometimes I now I now get asked to do work a lot. So I went through a whole period of just do it just. Doing my own thing. I had this blog, Variations on Normal. I'd put up some invention drawings. I'd do, I'd make some things, take photographs, put them on there. But, but it was very much self-motivated, you know, a sort of belief that what I was doing was good or interesting and 
And then the blog gave me some feedback in the comment section, so I got a bit of confidence. Mm -hmm. But the sort of the mainstream world of design, the galleries or museums, every now and again picked up on something. But, you know, I I always felt like I was an outsider. It was like between art and between design. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't in neither 100%. Right. Um, And then, but, but in recent years... You know, I, my work's be, I've got that much work on the internet that people find it, and and I get commissions yes. from big brands or, or museums or whatever to do interesting things. Mm-hmm. And so it's more like I'm reacting now. So I don't, yeah, I don't, that like the speed creating that that was at the time when you know I needed to kick myself up the bum, right? And it was a self motivated time when I needed to be like that. But now. I get challenges. People challenge me to react creatively to a particular subject, and that's what I really like. Okay, so you like being given, with, with the newer stuff, you like to have a, a, a little bit of a remit and a brief to what it is that's being asked. I do, and maybe that's something to do with design, the sort of design yeah, thing. more design. You know, as opposed to the, the artist. Every now and again, I will come up with an idea that no one's asked me to do, and but I'll probably store it in the sketchbook. Mm-hmm. And, and wait to find a commission that might that I might be able to use that in. Um, but a lot of the time now, it's people setting me challenges. Okay. Well, I call them challenges. They wouldn't call them challenges. They said brief, but yeah. Um, yeah, challenges. Okay. Uh, you had uh, your there's a thing called the Inventors Workshop that you've been running. Yeah, it was um, it was going back to Sunderland where it all began. Mm-hmm. Where I'm from? Yes, and. Um, I returned in January and I asked 450 school primary school children to think up and draw their own invention ideas. And then I asked local makers and manufacturers to make the best ideas into real things. Um, and then, well, the process was I did 19 workshops. So I went into schools and community centres and I basically showed some of my inventions. I started to call inventions. Invention is a nice word. Design mm. is a bit boring <laughs> to people. Yeah, inven- invention is far more exciting as a word, I think. Than, it is. Inventor, yeah. invention, it, yeah. <clears throat> well, to, de- to design, my understanding of the word design is that you are solving a problem, is it not? Mm. Whereas to say, to say you are inventing is a more mm. loose and creative term for not necessarily knowing what the outcome will be. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably right. Um, I think each word gets things attached to it. Yeah. Like designers, web, you could be a web designer. If you say you're a designer, you could be a web designer. If you say you're an artist, you could be a painter. But inventor, you know, it's still got that sort of crazy inventor in the shade feel. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it can be... Or like the cartoon characters of the inventor, there is a creativity there, and it is about invention. So, so anyway, yes, I asked. I did nineteen workshops. I got six hundred children's invention drawings, and then I picked out sixty that I thought were uh, invent, you know, innovative, surprising, creative, funny. I mm-hmm. think humor and creativity are the same thing. Um, I picked out 60. Then I showed them to at a meeting with all of the makers who'd, and manufacturers who'd shown interest so in plastics and ceramics and glass. And then they picked out the ideas that they thought 
they would like to make. Yeah. And so they made about 21 of these inventions and we um, we rented an empty shop and I, we transformed uh, it into a gallery. Um, it was called the Inventors Project at the time. And, um, and yeah, we showed them and a thousand people came from Sunderland. Um, many people who'd never been to an exhibition or an art exhibition or a design exhibition came, I think, again, because... It was called Inventors, exclamation mark, and um, very welcoming. Um, and so, yeah, so that was a huge success. It went around the world. It was on CNN, Centre Television Crew, the Discovery Channel, Centre Television Crew. It was in the Times and CBBC. That's an excellent and so story. We, so, we've, yeah, we've been um, working on the last six months trying to design it into an organisation so we can take it to the rest of the world, and it's called Little Inventors. That's excellent. That that's it's the and that you know you it's you're almost talking there in terms of going full circle back to being a version of Charlie Holmes for younger people. Mm. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. And what was how do were there any exercises you did with the kids to 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 fire their imaginations <laughs> up, or did you literally just kind of say just invent something off you go? Yeah, I mean. It's interesting to work it out how to stimulate the children because obviously they've got an, a lot of them, not all, but a lot have got a natural, you know, improvisation, free thinking approach. They are still to... in the area of play. They have not grown up yet enough to have bills and mortgages and have those mental no. pathways in their brain get trodden down. And mm -hmm. all, the lo all the long grass in their head is still up. It hasn't been trodden down into paths. No, so no. it's kind of it's it's well, it's like it is actually a developmental thing that they say you know to retain your sense of play um, is an important thing, and that's one thing that I think you know it can be easily lost with adults yeah. as we grow up. Um, yeah. And and you know there is definitely a sense of play in the work that you do, and you know you've just said that humor and creativity are the same thing, um, which is a really interesting statement to make because you know I, I I imagine there are some people out there that might con to contend that, but I certainly wouldn't. I would say yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know it, it is, but you're right. It's the, the thing is the kids do naturally improvise because they don't have a plan yet. They just kind of do what is presented to them and then react to it. Yeah, well, yeah, children don't know what's impossible, and so everything is possible, and they're not so... At that age, I'm talking primary school, um, they are less self-conscious. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, that, so really, I think adults can learn from that approach because creativity is, is a state of mind I think mm -hmm. and I think we adults even though we were children and we know we know this but I think we can really um yeah adults can come up with great ideas by taking the same approach that a child takes to yeah. being creative um and that taps back into improvisation um but yeah, so I, I, well, basically, I showed some of my inventions for about five minutes. I said, "Hello, I'm Dominic. I'm an inventor. Um, do you know what an inventor is?" And here's some of my things. I've got this reverse listening device. So it's like a, it's a, a thing you wear on your head, and it's a tube that goes from your right ear over to the other side of your head to a funnel pointing over on the left side. 
and from your left ear over to the right side, so it swaps the sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, this looks amusing and it works, so it's a perfect demonstration. Um, I wanted to really communicate to the children that no idea is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't worry about that's impossible to make it. Yeah. Uh, to really let their imaginations go wild and mm-hmm. then with the view to capturing the very best moments and instead of just putting those drawings on the fridge door as we tend to do with children yeah. actually taking them seriously and really making them well and presenting them in an exhibition so yes yeah, so that's the sort of idea taking children's imagination seriously yeah because there must be something a little bit special for them when they see a drawing turned into a physical 3d object yeah, there was a, I mean, one example was Kai, age nine, and he invented a speedy tennis ball, which he, it was a drawing, and it was a tennis ball with a dial on it, and you could adjust the speed of the ball to play slow motion tennis or faster motion tennis. So we, so we worked with a local fab lab in Sunderland, and they embedded a LED screen with a, with a knob that you could turn and it said speed and then the speed would change and then you pressed it in and it changed colour and it said power, you changed that and then you could play the tennis. So, and when Kai saw that in the exhibition he was amazed, I was watching him he was amazed, he was like, his eyes lit up, it was yeah. like seeing his imagination made real and I think yeah. one of the great values of this project was is um, that children get a sense that their ideas can actually lead somewhere. They are important and can achieve things. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, and, and also, I mean, it's just things that I'm thinking of there. It's kind of, and it's not, it's not something that's made inside a computer either. It's, no. it's physical. It's an actual solid item. And mm. I think there's a lot to be said for, for that in terms of imagination to physical object as opposed to imagination created transferred into something that's created in a virtual environment which is yeah. it, which is not the same um okay well i'm gonna kind of wrap up a little bit um i'm gonna put you a little bit on the spot what do you get out of the work that you do the moments when th- when i'm trying to find an idea and that magic moment when suddenly all of the pieces of information in my head emerge in a in a little drawing that I might do on the on the paper, and I realise yes, that's it, and I know it, and you and you get that I get a feeling of adrenaline rush mm-hmm. because I know it. It is the it's the idea that I've been searching for, and 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 those moments are some, uh, one of the reasons, one of the enjoyable parts of what I do, but not all. There are many others. Okay. And is there anything in particular that you're working on at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I I did a project. I to, it, it is an improvisation project. I talked to you about it actually when we last met. But um, yes, we talked briefly about that. Uh huh. So I did that one. So <clears throat> that was in Hull. I basically created the Lost and Found Office of Oddities. Okay. And so the idea was, you know, on the Antiques Roadshow, when you get those objects that you don't quite know what what they are, what they did, the sort of Victorian objects that might be... Now, what do you think this was for? Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of using that method. But um, the backstory is I created 19 objects that were everyday objects yeah. um, 
they looked like they did something, but you don't know what you don't know what they did, okay. and I, even I didn't know. So I sort of created fictional objects that looked functional. And anyway, we presented this to the people of Hull via the Lost and Found Office of Oddities. So I employed three actors mm-hmm. um, who are used to public improvisation um, performance. Um, There's a big car boot sale, and we I, I got a tent design. I designed up a tent, um, a little marquee, um, mm-hmm. little gazebo actually, um, with the Lost and Found Office of Oddities on the on the, on the front, and then I, I did a big question mark uh, thing on the top, and and then some shelving set up like an office. Okay. And I designed the uniform for the workers, and. Um, and then had the objects, and basically the public would come along, and they would say, "Excuse me, we, we found this object on Walton Street. Um, do you know what it is?" And then the public were asked to give their interpretation of what they think it might be. So it really got the public to be creative and yes. and create ideas of what the things were. Um, without us knowing. And then we, we had someone typing up things, so it was all, like, documented, because that's what the Lost and Found office would do. Right. Um, and, yeah, so that that's a really interesting one. I've, there's a website, officeofodd.com, and um, I think I'm going to be doing that again, but that is really my, you know, attempt at c- combining design with live improvisation that, that is very much it my brain immediately goes to um, a game that I play with uh, the, the improv troupe that I've been called Object Tag which is basically that in reverse where lots of items are presented but they're underneath a cloth and you don't see them and then mm-hmm. one is revealed and you've immediately got to think of something that that would do but it's not, not what the object's for so you know that the most basic one would be someone's put a shoe down and you get it's a telephone Oh, but but you know you've got to be more creative than that. So you're suddenly presented with an item, and you've got to pretend it's something else. Okay, so it's, yeah. it's like it's like that in reverse, I guess. But yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, that exact that that is very much. You are you know you're doing hidden vegetables improvisation there. You know <laughs> that, that that is that is what that is. That's yeah. brilliant, Dominic Wilcox. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank, thank you, John. Very nice speaking. There are so many parallels there, I think, between... I know it's, we, we have... It's a little bit of a tangential podcast, but there are certainly many parallels I'd like to think that I can see there in terms of what you do and the work that improvisers and applied improvisers do. It's certainly in that territory. Definitely. So, thank you very much, Dominic. You take care. Thank you.
For more interviews, visit the bringabrickpodcast.com website. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do rate and review on iTunes and on Stitcher for Apple and Android respectively. There's also a Facebook page where you can get in touch what you'd like to listen to more of, what you've enjoyed so far. You can also contact the website over a really old-fashioned thing called email, which is show at bringabrickpodcast.com. We'll see you next time.